0: Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, Not This Rubbish, with Flaky Blakey. Blake and the
1: Pork Blake and the Pork Blake and the Pork It's Raiders Review, with Blake and the Pork
2: Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we're excited, aren't we, Blake? We are excited. Well, you know, the season
3: that was so dark and gloomy it's, it's turned was. around. It has, it's turned, it's turned around. around everything's the, coming up Millhouse. The last two weeks and you know first of all was on the back of, of Xavier Savage. Mm. And then that that, Who, ex- that excitement <laughs> you have evaporated almost as quickly as, as yeah, it emerged. Yeah. It disappeared. Um, like a fart in the wind. Yeah, well, except a much. I was going to say I was going to say a, a snowflake on a on a spring day, but probably yeah, not. Good way. analogies, though, really aren't they? Because we love you, Zoe.
2: Anyway, we are the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, coming to you from the filthiest store buried somewhere in the Bowser Civic, the location of which we will
3: never been. No, appear. no, but you did bring someone here the other day for it was like a sort of a a guided tour. I did not. <laughs> you did? Oh, no, I didn't. You showing off the store to just random friends and colleagues.
2: I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I would never... What do you mean the story? Uh, uh, yeah, no. We will never reveal. That's the thing. But anyway, we're back here. We we're back to here you we, with the dubious support of the Greenhouse, the number one Raiders fan forum on the internet. Get on board. Get engaging. It's great. They're people who love the camera as much as you do and talking about people who love the camera as much as you do. Come in and get your LPs, your clothing, your CDs all sorts of paraphernalia from land speed Records because they do love the Camper Raiders as much as you do. And if you're listening to this podcast, you must love the Camper Raiders, is that not right?
3: Indeed. Yes, we won against the Eels though, that was good. Just one of my big concerns in 2021 about rugby league and uh, Volandi's ball, as we know it, is that um, it's become so much a game of just who's got the, bigger, stronger, faster players, the better team. And one of the things we'd always loved about Rugby League, I think, um, has been that as much as anything, it's about will and desire and effort. Mm. And I was really concerned that it was no longer will and desire and effort would be enough. And I had sort of linked that to the... You thought that had given away into the gentle night. Yes. And I had seen the demise of Queensland in State of Origin Mm. and thought, yeah, Queensland never had the better... Well, except maybe they did for a while there. But generally, Queensland haven't had the better players but that had greater will and desire, and they were able to, to overcome you know, a superior team on paper. Well, we saw that that's not dead. We saw through the efforts of the Raiders. We saw little men like Tom Starling and Josh Hodgson. Sammy their, Williams. And Sammy Williams and Matt Frawley uh, give their absolute all and stand up to a much bigger and stronger team. A highly vaunted um, forward pack. We looked at that forward pack in last week's episode, and we were like, how do we overcome this? Well, mm. we did overcome it, and we managed to overcome it, missing our two strongest, most consistent forwards. For you know, well, Papa was out there for all of a couple of minutes. Eight and, minutes. Yeah, and was it really even that long? Eight minutes. Eight good minutes. And Ryan Sutton, um, again, barely featured. Any. He came. He came back on, but yeah, he was in, in the pain. second half. But he was he was struggling. And of course, we didn't have Jack White. No.
2: So I mean, we did, and and it looked like uh,
3: look. The, There's an almost an argument that we've looked better though without Jack White and a couple of a couple yeah, of yeah be back better and stronger but
2: um, the line speed the line well that speed. was the real feature that, unbelievable. Unbelievable. that was unbelievable I haven't real feature. when was the last time you've seen line speed like that uh, not since about 2016 or maybe oh maybe maybe in, in 2019, 2019 yeah yeah but um and led by the likes of Jay Bateman you know it yeah. was that sort of aggressive in your face you know our little men were making their tackles because they were coming out there and and. Aggressively making them. No one was planting their feet and saying, "I might see if I can stop him."
3: That, that was that was the the real. I think that we saw. You know, we saw in um, Frawley, I think made twenty six tackles and didn't miss a single one. Yeah. Sam Williams made twenty three tackles and only two missed tackles, which for Sammy and you know his yeah, his defense of late um, is really good, and especially since we knew that. Um, Isaiah Papalihi would be running at him. Oh, he was coming for him. He was would be ca- for would him. Be coming Had for it. That was that was obviously planned. A, a, B, and C for yeah, the yeah. for the Eels getting in the game. But the thing that he did was, he was moving up and he was being aggressive and he was backing himself. Yep. And look, he doesn't have to bring the bigger man down one on one. But if he gets up there and slows them down, well, that's you know the, the back rowers and the centres, and he's yep. got a couple of pretty good ones next to him. Will come in and, and help him out and that's what happened it was great to see
2: it was it was really really great to see Um <clears throat> I was so impressed with some players but look I, I think Harley Smith Shield on the wing looked fantastic really really caused Mike Acevo grief all, all
3: night there was there was a point where uh, Andrew Voss said we, he was running he said it reminds me of Nick Kotrick and it really did the way he sort of was just seeing those half gaps and really mm. pinning his ears back it was and a little chunk of ball of muscle and he was going in there hard and there was one where he did a ball
2: return and he got absolutely smitten. He was absolutely thumped to the ground. There was another play the ball. And who took the next one after that? Harley Smith Shield. And he made 20 metres. And it's like, right, yeah, you thumped him on that one. But he got straight back up and came at you again. And it was it was great to see. I was impressed with him. Um, I was also once more impressed with... Um, uh, Corey Hutter with a NIDA I thought he was fantastic again I do want to note that the ball that put him through for his try was a Sammy. L- lovely little effort from Sammy, just popping off his hip and CHN just got the saloon run through as a result of that but I don't think it's opposable for who was our man of the match um, getting the $20 land speed records Blake and the pork
3: man of the match Jordan Rapiner. He was in absolutely everything, I mean his, his effort was superb Have from... you seen him play a better game for the club? It'd be up there I don't think I've seen him play a better. it'd be up there. Um, That little kickback to save the 40 20 was absolutely brilliant. Unbelievable. And then, um, of course, that, you know, the game was was won in the dying seconds. It was an absolute thriller of a a match. It was. Uh, And that's what, like, you you know, the effort, the struggle, the battle, that's what people want to see in rugby league. You've heard people throughout the week, everyone said that's one of the best games they've watched all year.
2: It was great. Oh, I was riveted uh, to that match, I even when at the mo- at the end, where I thought somehow we might lose it, I was still pretty impressed with the performance. Um, what well,
3: when we went when we went in at halftime and we held them out for the last bit, it was kind of like whatever happens now, I think we can be proud mm. of the effort of the team. And there was a point in the game when uh, Junior Polo and Regan Campbell Gillard came back on the field, yeah, and we were at this point very depleted in the forwards, yep. and we had you know Tomoko who hadn't was sitting on the bench not doing much I thought okay this is the point where unfortunately things start to unravel we're going to get overrun yeah but we didn't it was, it was incredible it was incredible and and the thing about this victory and the effort and everything else I think we can put to bed the talk the theory that Ricky has lost the team because if he did lose them he well and truly has them back again now because when the coach has lost a team you don't see an effort like that
2: no you don't <laughs> And but you know when Corey Hutterwood and Ida went over for that try, I thought, oh, that's good. You know, like, so now we've taken the game right out to them. But when eight minutes later, Jordan Rapiner off the break of a, a, a great Sebastian Chris effort, yeah. by the way, that was a great run, that try came down to him. But he saw Jordan Rapiner was right there, saw the opportunity and darted in and scored that try. Now that was an opportunist try. Because I think everyone in the Parramatta side was spreading out as far as they could on their right-hand side because that's where they, they saw the ball spinning because they were broken. And he just dived straight in behind them and scored that, and once more toots again gets his kicks hundred percent neither well, of them, that was the difference yeah, and it was and and neither of them and 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 gutho missed that last one from, from the Micah Sevo try, but uh the Dylan Brown try i mean that came off the back of um it so was he, the Sivo try but the oh
3: oh the Dylan oh, brown the kick in one
2: uh, the yeah the the one where um Ferguson went straight through. Now, that, if you look at the replay, what's happened is Semi has come in, missed Ferguson, knocked Jared Croker off his line for defence, so taking him out, and then pushed Ferguson into a different line than Hudson Young was expecting. So he goes straight over the top of Hudson Young. So what's basically happened there is he's glanced Blake Ferguson into a different run. If Semi Valame just comes in to make a normal tackle rather than trying to kill Blake Ferguson, <laughs> and that, that doesn't happen. That comes in. And then you go to their next tribe, which is the Mike Casivo tribe. And I don't think anyone in the world has argued at any stage, with the exception of Henry Perinara in the bunker, that Dylan Brown was onside in that moment. And then I think they were saying, oh, he wasn't, he was passive in the play. No, he wasn't. He was in like inches. He, he was within inches competing for the ball clearly. And we've yeah. had tries removed this year where Jordan Rapiner himself was basically, oh, you know, well, he doesn't actually touch it, but he was there and he's not allowed to be. So he's having an impact on the plate.
3: I, I made a point on Monday of, um, I had the day off, so I had a little bit of time to kill. I made the point of checking out Graham Annesley's, oh, yes. um, you know, his weekly and meeting. And his brand new glasses. Yeah, well, he explains. Well, it's done on Zoom now, of course. Yeah. But yeah, there was absolutely no. He did um, legitimize the, and clear the Jordan Rapiner shoulder charge, not shoulder charge. Yep. He said that's all good. And it did, basically, it didn't break any law, because there is no law saying that you're not you allowed can't to. can't hit with your hip. Yeah. If, if he'd been a bit lower and he'd hit with his, his legs, well, he would have been in trouble. And if he'd been a bit higher, he'd gone with the shoulder charge, but it was just a body check and it was fine. And you're allowed to do that. Now, we might see a rewriting the rules where they say a body check is not there, but, but what what can you do in those situations? I mean, when they brought in the, the shoulder charge, um, banning the shoulder charge, it wasn't really for those type of shoulder charges anyway. Yeah. Because that was really... The, a fullback, that was the best... That was your big shot. You could do
2: in that. But again, it's a shoulder charge, Is a shoulder charge. No arms is no arms. So they had And to. you get penalised unless you're Billy Slater. Unless you're Billy Slater. Where it gets cleared. Yeah, and you can also slide out with your boots if you're in his, his case too. But so <laughs> my point was, one of their tries was jammy and the other try shouldn't have been a try. Yeah. So even if you do come down and argue <laughs> as much as you want that it was a shoulder charge, which it clearly wasn't because no part of his arm or his shoulder they touched shouldn't have, him. They shouldn't have got that... That, they yeah. shouldn't have got that close. Yeah, so it was, a, right. it was a good, it was a good win for the Raiders, and and on the back of that line speed, but the performance of, of Jordan Rapiner, not just his individual game, but his clear leadership of the back four in front of him, he's clear calling them out, he's clear organisation of those kids, and giving them, you know, that experienced head behind him. Um, it, it just shows that you know there were certain people who may have made calls, may have made calls at the beginning of the season. Who once more having the pineapple that the uh, Jordan Rapiner's response has been printed on shoved firmly up their court? And who better to uh, bring that to life than uh, Danny Stewart?
0: (coughs) Yeah, this is Danny Stewart, the uh, half-brother of Canberra Raiders coach, Ricky Stewart. (coughs) Well, there's been a bit of controversy swirling around uh, recently in regards to uh, inflammatory messages on the uh, wrist tape of NRL players. (coughs) <coughs> now I can confirm we could have had another one of those incidents the other night when uh, Rick was in the dressing sheds and he looked over at uh, Jordan Rapana and spotted the uh, following message on his wrist tape. <coughs> Stuff you, Timmy Gore. <coughs> oh, the message was clear and the anger was powerful from Geordie that uh, he's had a gut for his gore, bloke. <coughs> of course, the message was in regards to the uh, ludicrous suggestion before the start of the season from Timmy that uh, Geordie's no longer in our best seven <clears throat> well, what do you reckon now, Tim? <clears throat> no, he's and Soul, he's Footy Club, he's not uh, going anywhere anytime soon, mate. The boys all love him and he's never given uh, anything less than 150% uh, when he's put on a Raiders uh, jersey, mate. So uh, you better get used to having him around, Timmy. <clears throat> uh, also, in regards to the uh, great win against the Eels the other night, I just want to uh, give a shout out to uh, Raiders tragic uh, Raiders member uh, Ryan Gilby Gillard, who uh, celebrated a birthday on Thursday night and was out there at the game. <clears throat> uh, Gilby I can confirm mate That uh, your birthday was definitely mentioned By Rick in the sheds uh, uh, Before the game And uh, I think it was Matty Frawley That uh, stood up uh, uh, Bleated the chest And uh, yelled out the top of his voice uh, Let's fucking do it for Gilby boys And uh, the boys certainly did that <clears throat> uh, So we're in a good place uh, We've got three in a row now uh, The BATB factor uh, finally starting to go our way And uh, we'll make continue And uh, go you green machine
2: well, look, I think it's fair comment. <laughs> I think it's fair comment. I think that um, every now and then, you know, in this world, you, you make a call and you're entirely, utterly wrong. But let me say, as I've said many times before this season, how grateful I am to have been entirely wrong.
3: Yeah, well, the thing that gets to me is people <laughs> are having a go at me online about your comment. I posted a picture of... Uh, you are associated with me. Well, yeah, that's that's the problem, isn't it? Jordan Rappin is a uh, wonderful... Um, try Celebration, and someone said, that's the guy that you wanted out of the team. I was like, I didn't want him out of the team. No one, I think if you go back through the full four years that we've been doing this podcast, I didn't no think his been... form would be good enough to hold his spot in the side. I was wrong. Okay, me wrong okay. yeah, just, yeah, it, we, it. we've covered you being wrong. No one was a bigger champion or fan of Jordan Rappiner than I have been on this podcast. I mm-hmm. declared him years ago that he's the greatest winger that's ever played for the Canberra Raiders, and I think he's just finally uh, well and truly rubber-stamped that this season uh, I mean people try and tell me that Noah Ndruku is or John Ferguson or Leslie Vaynercolo or um, I'm not going to go Leslie but Noah Ndruku and, and Noah and, Ndruku and, and, I mean Noah Ndruku Chika Ferguson it's
2: hard to it's hard to support Kenny Magus, no, It's uh, Kenny Terry a- Faye great winger gave us hope in, in times of darkness but look talking about people who played a long time ago
3: we watched the the, the documentary Wiki it was great wasn't it it really was it was very good it was it uh, was it was, if anything, my only criticism, I guess, well, would be that it was too short. Yes. And there were a lot of things that they didn't cover in the end. But, I mean, how yeah. long How long could it be? There's such a colourful career yeah. and so much to, to, to cover.
2: I loved the way they started with that Ashes yeah, thing in 1990. It was great. When he was coming back to the club, I wrote an article years ago about basically saying, comparing him running, you know, coming from Parramatta and Wooden Spoons and the Sharks and the the roosters and you know his his coaching career was now the you know the, a, a metaphor for that you know it was like he was now running you know desperately trying to get that try to reclaim his career and um but that that moment you know the fear on his face even as he goes through that line he he's just like god help me you know, just running. You could see it, he's just running and it's so good.
3: It's such a great moment. Someone posted that try though on, on Twitter and they said if if, there were, if that had gone to the bunker today you can actually see that. Um, shoved, someone out, shoved the way. someone out of the way. It might have been it might have been called back.
2: Which would have been interesting. I think it definitely I remember seeing it at the time saying he's gone in there and taken out a defender. Well, he just kind of jostles him in a little bit. He like goes it. right in there with the shoulder and shoves him. There's no questions asked. No, I think that was a good call. But you know, the what? atmosphere though, when you look back, you see you the you go bridge. back to the bank a bunker in 1988. Terry Lamb gets sent off. You know, for Canterbury Bankstown for for taking out Ellery Hanley late and high. He yes. gets sent off now. Well, he should
3: have been. He should have been sent off back then. But the atmosphere at that Kangaroos tour, like I don't know if the games were at Wembley and Old Trafford, it mm. absolutely packed. Yeah. And then there's one whole end that's just all the, the touring Australian fans going absolutely berserk when yeah, they're, yeah. Off the bus they're trying scores their It reminded me of those great moments
2: back in 2019 where there's they, great rate of faithful. I think there was about 350, 400 of you, but now you know it's grown to about 3,000 of you were there when Papa went over in round 22 Oh, uh, in Melbourne. Yeah, in Melbourne, and then also in the in the uh, in the semi final where we went. You know, there was not that many of you in reality, but gee, it's grown like you know the amount of people there on the snow day. You know, I know that Chapo inflated the numbers to be three thousand people on that snow day. I reckon there might have been sixteen hundred of us um, all told in that. But you know, now there's thirty thousand of us who were there. (laughs) I wasn't there.
3: I was there. I wasn't there. I was sitting behind glass in a heated room, but I was there. (laughs) Well, I had played soccer the day before and. (laughs) had actually got snowed on because yeah. it snowed on the Saturday and on the Sunday yeah. that weekend and yeah I was, I was at home and I was very up cold that. and sorry I watched on TV but um, yeah look when it comes down to strange things that happened on
2: the weekend there, there was something that you know really annoyed me in fact you might say it ground my gears you know what really grinds my gears you know what grinds my gears Blake Henry are in the bunker I mean what I mean it's Forrest Gump's box of chocolates you never know what you're going to get with the exception of one thing it's going to have WTF wrapped all over the outside of it because you don't know. You know, he replayed the the Jordan Rappener that many times because you could see he was looking for a
3: way to call it a no-try. He was looking for Well, it. this is the thing. A lot of people have said that Henry Perinara is um, biased against the Raiders and um, the justification or the explanation for that is because he was actually... Ricky was actually his coach at Cronulla in 2007. Mm. And Ricky ended his NRL career and, and he's... He's had a grudge against Ricky and the Raiders ever since and mm. you know, this is you can see the evidence in these various video ref decisions he's made against us. Yeah. I don't think that's the case at all. I don't know. I either. think he's just purely incompetent. He's not a very he wasn't a very good ref, and he's not a very good video ref either. And yet I had a look, I checked, he's still been appointed to two games this week. In the aforementioned Graham Annesley um, explanation of the round, all the the things that he was explaining, all were the the Henry Perinara obstruction decisions mm. in the game between um, the Storm and the Cowboys as well. And look, some of them they said were justified and some weren't. And it's, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. But, but he's, I mean, just, he's just generally incompetent. He, but he's got photos of someone, I'm pretty confident. I mean, it, it's come down to that because I think that they're keeping him in the video ref box because, um, you know, he was a refing, actually refing games on the field earlier this year and it turned out he's got a heart condition. So I think they've already. He's had to stand down from reffing games on the field because of his heart condition. Mm. I don't think they're again now going to further uh, kick him to the curb from video refing as well. When he's obviously going through a bit of a tough time, but at the end of the day, it's not about who's a nice guy. Oh, or I'm happy. Else. I'm
2: happy to sit in the video thing. I'm a, I'm a hell of a nice guy. I think every hundred degree. I'll go into the video bunker. I, I can't make a bigger hash of it than he does. It grinds my that he's still there. But I had with, a look, with so the Dylan Brown one. And his first thing was, oh, yeah, Dylan Brown's onside. Really? Where did you get that from? And then they go back and look at it, and I think they suddenly,
3: it dawns on him. I don't think he mentioned. He just, he just said, oh, kick chase is clear and I was onside. And you're just like... Really? That is baffling. That, really? How is he onside? Because he
2: is literally in front of him, and I cannot see a world in which Dylan Brown was onside. I, I just can't see it. The well, the actual,
3: the actual point is you only need to have one foot... In line with the ball, one foot behind the ball to be on side. So you don't have to be entirely behind the ball. But But even use that. Well yeah, even using some people have argued that using that criteria maybe he was, but I don't see it. I even even applying that I still don't see it. A very few people have argued that. It was one of those ones where, you know, like you you could argue this
2: rather than anything else. But you know, it grinds my gears. Um, but more than that, it might make some people call him the Ars Clown of the Week. (laughs) Okay,
3: so Ars Clown of the Week uh A R S E. Yes. That's the correct way. Since we've stolen this segment from Roy and H G and that's how they spell yeah, it. We didn't clown. know we stole <laughs> it from uh, <laughs> Someone suggested it to us and then maybe they were aware of the Roy and H G segment. Well we weren't we didn't know where we saw it but we're now but aware we've stolen it. Roy and H G are talking up about awarding soon their Ass Clown or candidates for Ass Clown of the Year. Yeah. So I'm gonna get in early and award my dual Ass Clowns, two cheeks, Ask Clowns of <laughs> Of the year, both uh, buttocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buttock so, number one, the aforementioned Henry Perinara. I mean, right. he's been asked clown of the week on the show on numerous occasions. Four times, I think. This is the fourth time. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he he's he's going to be awarded ask clown, and of course the other asked clown of the year is your good self. Um, numerous numerous calls and errors and just apart from Jordan Raffner, the other one, uh, the most recent one, last week's show where. One hand, you have wanted to have Elliot Whitehead play halfback. Yep. Five minutes later, you had him playing prop. I'm saying next <laughs> season, you were
2: worried about him getting old and where he's in these things. We've just signed him for three years, fantastic news. And you're saying, already. what I'm signed. saying is, just like C.S. Oleola has made a venturous trip in from the centres all the way through into the second row locks and now finds himself in the prop rotation... Why is this not a journey that Elliot Whitehead can't make? Because physically he is not—he's not a prop. I, I, never, I stand
3: next to both these men, and I can tell you they're both pretty damn large. He's never been someone that makes meters. He's always been a, a creative player, a ball player. If anything, he should go to ball playing lock, which is where I thought there was a possibility he could have come back into the side this week and gone to thirteen. But obviously Hudson Young is a more Obvious choice to go there. Because Get him on to a little bit of food, little build his physique in a different way, he's a
2: prop. He's not a prop. He's he never, a he prop. never will be a prop. You and all you people have been having a go at me will oh, eat your oh. damn words when you see him in the prop rotation. Oh, no, was right.
3: when he gets named at thirteen for one game, you'll claim that he's a prop, as as has been pointed out. But yeah, did anyone come through and back up this suggestion or have you just been wildly just ridiculed? this ludicrous suggestion. I haven't been wildly ridiculed at all. There's just been a couple of you,
2: you and Solzi, and a couple of other prats who've been having a go at it and thinking, oh, I'm so freaking superior. Well, have a look at yourselves. You know, maybe I'm a little bit right, but, you know, so yes, look, Henry is a very good ass clown of the week, right? I, I'm definitely not.
3: Um, ass clown of the year, you are. But look, uh, I have an ass clown of the week. So you're still going week? You're not ready to go to clear one for the year? No. Okay. No, no. I
2: mean, you've still got a fair way to go. There's a lot of episodes to go in there. I think you might be going off early, which is something I'm sure you've heard before. <laughs> um, but my ask matter of the week is the uh, the salty tears of the Eels fans going on about, oh, it should have been a penalty try. It's like, well, to be a shoulder charge, it has to involve the shoulder, or at least the shoulder down to the elbow with you going at it. None of that hit. It was just his his hip. Now, yeah, sort of upper thigh and hip. Yeah, and... so it's not in the rule, you know, hip charge. It's not no. in the rule body check. It's a shoulder charge. And it wasn't. So you can go over as many times as you want about, oh, it should have been this and it should have been that. It wasn't a shoulder charge. And well, they're arguing and, that and it should have been.
3: Gutho was going off um, saying, look at him, he's bleeding. It has to be a shoulder charge. Well, he actually, he cut his lip because he face-planted mm. into the turf. And as we learned, oh, the turf, you know, from Jordan Ruppeners, uh not Jordan Ruppiner, Josh Bufberlehi's face plant. The turf there must be pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, well it must be there, but Speaking it, of Mike Siva.
1: But
2: but they're there you know, like that and I understand their pain and their hurt and God knows I've been on the receiving end of a few of the ones where we the raids are When it went rot. to the video
3: ref I thought we're screwed. I thought hundred percent here we but are, then we're I kept screwed. looking and
2: thinking that didn't hit his shoulder. And that was my first thing. That that doesn't have his shoulder in it. And then you could just see you could I was
3: pleasantly him. surprised. Yeah, well it's uh But yeah. Henry gave us a break that time. So if he really did have a vendetta and was out just purely just to get us, he would have said that way. That, he would have said that up as a no try, which is why I'm saying he is oh, he unless is,
2: of course someone had given him the tip that you've you've had an absolute Barry Crocker in, in letting the,
3: the Michael Sieglo try it's and go more in the first place. he's it's more that he's incompetent. And the thing is with the with the bunker, I mean he's the voice you hear. Yeah. But it's not just him in there making the calls, isn't there a bunch of them? He's the, he's, he's the the senior. He's the person who's making the call, though. Yeah, he's the
2: senior reviewer. Other people can list. say things, but he's the one making the calls. So we uh, we come up to uh, the Knights this weekend. We've got an extra day turnaround than them. They played on Friday. We played on Thursday. And they're coming
3: off a loss to the Roosters. You know, in, in sort of Premier League English football terminology, a game is referred to as a six-pointer because... Yep. Games worth three points. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a six point swing either way. This game is an absolute four point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we we said last week we was not a must win against the Eels to give us any hope. Well, this game we really do need to win because um, looking at the, uh, we can go through the runs of the teams later. But the Knights um, have a better run than us. Yep. We're currently two points ahead of them. Mm-hmm. We win this game, we put a four point gap. Yeah. We That'd lose be. this game, they're on the equal amount of points with us, and they've got a much easier run. Their for and against is worse than ours though,
2: because yeah. for all our foibles this season, we haven't given up fifty. No, we did give away. What was it? Forty four against the Titans. We did, and but that, b- that's by far and away our worst. Oh, that, that they've game They've given up still... forty eight to the Storm. Not that that there's any shame in that one. Um, they've given up forty to the Eels. They've given up thirty six to North Queensland, thirty six to the West Tigers, thirty eight to the Sydney Roosters, um, forty two to the Titans. Um, so you know they can concede a point or two, the lads, um, but they can also score them. They're, they score a fair few points, and, and I they think seem to have the ghost of Wagga Wagga.
3: Well, in recent years, um, I'm sure that we've they've we've they've beaten us more games than we've beaten them. I think you're absolutely right. for a right. while there. Obviously, when they were really struggling, we would have been beating them. But in the last couple of years, I mean, last year was the game at Campbelltown. They really um, put a score on us. Yeah. Yeah, they
2: just they they just and, and that was when we were expecting to do really well, and all of a sudden they absolutely jumped us out of the box and they did it. Yeah, no, they they've got a great record of of doing us over for quite a long
3: time. Even when they were doing poorly, they were beating us in matches. Yeah, uh, well, pong is pong is the big the big danger man, and he's one of those players where up until a game against us, and it might have been that one against um, in Campbelltown last year, I was like, is he a bit overrated? Is he really as good as you know everyone talks about? And then, yeah, he comes out and absolutely tears. A lot of players have done that to us. But, and, I mean, yeah. but he is. like I, I don't think there's any
2: question that he's he, hes that good. The other one... He, that, just, he, sh- he saves the moments to show that he's that good yeah. against the Raiders.
3: The other one that um, is a concern and did really well in that game against Wagga is Bradman Best.
2: Yeah, that's and right. And he's coming
3: up against Jared Croker. And like I've said uh, before, the centres that... Croker really seems to struggle against. I mean, when he comes up against a, a Jesse Ramian or a Bradman Best, or a Conrad Hurrell, those absolute you know beast yeah. centers that have got, fifteen, have they got twenty kilos on him? They've probably got fifteen kilos on him. Yeah, yeah. Those those are the ones that make me nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, and as as good as Joe Croker, has been since returning. I mean, he's been pretty, mostly good. He's kick goals pretty well. His goal kicking's been brilliant. Um, I think he's I been still, pretty damn he's, good. He's still look, a player. Look, the, he's still the, a the, player the, when he's near the ball. The Jared Cracker. Let me see, just finish this point yeah. on Jared Cracker. He's still a player when he's when there's something happening and when he's near the ball. Now I'm just hoping something bad doesn't happen. You know, he's one of those players now that you get a little bit nervous when when the ball's goes to I him agree. or he's about to make a tackle or something. But and I it was evidence in the a game against the Sharks where he dove on that loose ball. The, and that popped out there's just like oh Jared but the barometer is this the jared
2: crocker Croker, crocker. crocker the barometer <laughs> is this people stop whinging about it so he's he's playing well because people rarely say good things about him but they're more than happy to pile on so we have like an, I'm saying I get nervous when I see him yeah but uh, what have you seen recently where you've gone oh my God that diving on that ball against uh
3: yeah against the Sharks.
2: Yeah, and there are bits and pieces, but there's been bits and pieces with all the players, not just him. Like There's been nothing diabolical. No. There's nothing, oh my God, you're obviously what I'd be running at. There's been been nothing like this. The last, yeah, they beat us going back to the They Knights. will have Bradman Best running at him on their So the last time sheet. we beat them was in round three at home in 2019. Apart from that, we've lost two since that point. Then we lost in round two in 2018. We beat them in round twenty-five of two thousand and seventeen, which wasn't exactly the greatest result. Um, all the wins we've had have been at home, and all the losses have been away. But hang on, is this a home or a away game <laughs> this weekend? I think this is technically meant to be an away game because McDonald Park, the Wagga match, was an away. Oh, right. So technically, but they're also away, and they oh, have know. lost to us when they have been away. I know. So, I
3: think. I think that I've that going to. Um, Queensland has been the best thing that's happened to us. It, it may It's be. totally turned our it season around. Be.
2: Well, the teams this week, um, we have Goula, who is playing a lot better football, uh, Hodgson um, and Pap- Papali'i in the front row, Whitehead and Huddlewood and Nida in the second row, and Hudson Young going to lock in the so, absence uh, of, of Ryan Sutton. I
3: thought that there was a possibility that Elliot Whitehead could have got named at lock this week and yeah. see how he goes at that ball playing 13. The thing is then, what happens when Tom Starling comes on? Because yeah. obviously Tom Starling coming on after 20 and then Josh, Josh Hudson Hodgson going go? to lock makes sense. Whereas if you have... But I mean, I mean if could you could have Hud- Sammy a breather and have him go to seven. It won't, won't happen. You could, Hudson, um, Hudson Young can go from block to the Second. prop rotation he could. He could. for the he rest could of the game. And eventually. that's what will happen.
2: That's what will happen. Well, then you've got um, Williams and Whiten in the half. So Jack White mooted to the make thing, his comeback. The
3: thing about Josh Hudson 2-7, which has been discussed by numerous people and, and everything else... Laterally in defense, I think, would be another issue. Apart from maybe he would then overplay his hand too much. Also, I think laterally in defense, he's very good at the. I will up never and down. understand this overplay his hand shit. I just won't. He's the best hand we have to play. There were a couple of times in uh, you know, the game you... against Parramatta where he still came up with a couple. Oh, he had a great game, but there still were a couple of head scratching moments. One was in the first half. When we were close to their line, and he's gone down the short side, one of those die in the corner moments. When I would have rather we'd gone to the open side to Frawley and tried to get a repeat set, as a, which you know we didn't really see in that game. And Frawley didn't even really get an opportunity to put in one of those kicks. Yeah, but a okay. Lot of, and I'll... then the other one was that kick on tackle three, when we barely had any possession. I mean, the thing we should say about the Parramatta game, we won that game with 40% of the ball. Mm which is very hard to do, especially in 2021. Um, so we finally did have the ball at one point in the second half, and he's like got done that kick on tackle three where he's kicked into the back of one of his own oh God, yeah. players. So he does, he does still have a head-scratching moment. He does, he does, but he's
2: still, I think, our, our best shot there. Jack White and will he be better for the, the rest? I think he will. Sebastian Chris and Jared Croker in the centres. got Harley Smithfield retaining his spot on the wing. Uh, Semi Valamai on the other wing, and Jordan Rapiner once more at fullback. On the bench, we've got Tom Starlin, Matt Tomoko actually on the bench proper. Same as last week. He was there. and Joe Tarpanay. Um We're coming up against a night side. Siafiti back from injury. Uh, Braley at hooker, and the other Siafiti. So we've got the Siafiti boys, Jacob yep. and Daniel, in the front good row. Players. Good yeah, players. Yeah, very good players. Uh, we've got Mitch Barnett, ex Raider, in the second row again. Someone who's really up for the fight. He really is, and, and, he, Tyson, and you know he
3: will be in this game as well. It's got an air in him, but he does a lot of
2: effort. A lot of effort. We got Tyson, the ageing Tyson Frizzell, but don't let that surprise you. Uh, don't let that give you any heart. No. This bloke's a the competitor. Then you've got Connor Watson, who's who's playing um, at the back of the scrum in thirteen. Ball and, playing, and lock this is again. The, the model of the new of the new thirteen. Then you've got Clifford and Crossland in the half. Now remember, Phoenix uh, Crossland uh, gave us all manner of grief last time. Phoenix. Embarrassing. Phoenix Embarrassing. Ghost of Was
3: it two tries he got? Embarrassing. that's a terrible halves combination, but then I guess we've managed to do pretty well with with a fairly unheralded halves combination in recent weeks, so you can't you can't read too yeah, much to it. Right. Last time we played them I was like Phoenix Cross on halves. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I thought two or <laughs> just scored one and set one up. Then we got Bradman Best back from a long layoff. Um, and then Kurt Mann in the sentence with him, so that's pretty good. Center uh and we got Hymel Hunt on one wing. We got Tuala on the other wing. Um and then we got, of course, Ponga at the back. We got Suaso Sue on the bench with Dave Klemmer coming back from injury. We've
3: got um uh Josh King. David Clemmer wants out of the of the Knights. He's on big money, but he wants out. He hasn't been getting a run. Yeah, well, he's really fallen he's really fallen away quickly, haven't he? Yeah, he? A lot yeah. of forwards have.
2: Yeah, the the big the peak people have, and, and rounding out their bench, uh, we got young Brody Jones coming there. He's only played 12 games. Um, so you know, where 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 are the holes in this? You know, where where do we find holes? Well, once more, we turn to our expert and we go
4: ripping in with Arnie J. The Knights' average in-game stats for each game is similar to ours. The good news for us is that we have been well above our season averages for the last few weeks. As far as the Knights goes, Ponga gets the ball almost as much as their half and 5'8 when he plays. He is also very dangerous out of dummy half. We need to stop him and we are well on the way to winning. Jaden Braley is also dangerous and needs to be kept a very close eye on, especially his dummy half running. The Knights often got opened up on their right hand side defence last week, with Dominic Young in particular found out. Unfortunately, he has been dropped this week he was their weakest link on that side but his mates on his inside didn't help much either Tawala replaces Young on the wing and he is much more experienced worth noting though that he has played all of his 18 games this season bar one at centre over this season 49% of the tries scored against the Knights have been scored on this, on their right hand side defence From the 60-minute mark last week, the Knights' middle got very loose and very tired, so we need to keep marching up that middle of the field and target that tired defence as the match goes on. If we can pick apart these weaknesses and keep the key players quiet, I am confident for another win for the Green Machine this week. And once more, Arnie Jay shows us the way forward. You know,
2: the people out there, you know, you Blake and the Porklets out there listening to us, you don't know how lucky you are that we've got, you know, the brain well, trust people, in Arnie J out there to rip in.
3: People have been listening to this show for the last four years wondering when they're actually going to get some, like, actual, factual, solid... Insight, not just... Researched crap. analysis. <laughs> <laughs> not just two, two
2: idiots talking rubbish. Well, it's not going to be any time. No, Arnie J, is here. Arnie J, he brings it. He, he's uh, there. But we now have to look at the extended bench. Oh, no, I've done that wrong. The extended bench Who's on the extended bench <laughs> Okay, sorry Forgive me, people Well, we got Mamma Sea In the number 18 this, jersey This is for them. the Knights Yeah, this is the Knights Then we got Sasagi Then we got Tex Hoy Who apparently is off contract next year And then Making up the extended bench Is Mitchell Pierce. What
3: is... Is Tex Hoy a
2: fullback Or is he a half Or is something, isn't he? don't know But we've liked the cut of his jib. Mitchell Pearce, he'd be a big in for them. He'd be a very big in for them. Um, then on our extended bench, we've got uh, the shoeman, into enter shoe Matt Frawley. Uh, we've got Ryan James. We've got Bailey Simonson coming back from his turf toe. And we've got Dynamis Louie. I'm giving that extended bench to the Canberra Raiders.
3: Mitchell Pearce brings over 300 games of experience to their... It's enormous.
2: Louis has got over 150. Ryan James has over 150. The Shoe Man and Simonson don't have that many, but they're both credentialed. I mean, the
3: Shoe Man is a very accomplished player. I'll say they're both credentialed a players, people... whereas you've
2: got Mitchell Pearce comes onto that bench. Then you've got Hoy, Sasagi, and Momosia. I'm sorry, the
3: Raiders win that extended bench. A lot of people um actually were calling for Matt Frawley to be retained in the side at hmm. seven over um, Sam Williams and to partner Jack Whiten uh, in the halves. Couple of things there, Frawley and Whiten both play on the left-hand side. Mm. So that's one issue I would say right there. I mean, Frawley is a good player. Um, I've loved his defense. Well, that's the thing, he, he kicks and he can tackle. And really, maybe that's all you need in a seven. Yeah. It'd be great if they could do a bit more, but at the same time, if yeah. they're not really letting you down, they're not a weakness. It ain't broke. Don't fix yeah. it. Yeah, But I think Sam Williams, A, he plays on the right. And look at that pass that he popped to... Exactly. He, They're he's obviously talking. He's got a bit more creativity there. And I think he's the man that really has been, since he's come back into the side, really has been the one doing all the talk out there. Because Jack mm. Whiten's not really a talker. No. And he, talk, like, he loses his voice in each match. He yells so damn much. I
2: don't know what he's saying, but he's doing it. He's doing a lot of talking. But um,
3: something has irritated you and it's been enough to make you go, I'm the burst. Look, I don't know that I'm really necessarily going on the burst, but uh, something that I've noticed that I think is a little, little bit harsh is um, I've seen a lot of people calling for Paul Vaughan to be um, very harshly punished for his indiscretion. And look, he made a mistake, uh, but really, what's he guilty of? Being I, an idiot? Being well, yeah. immature? But uh, my issue is this. Um, he seems
2: to be carrying most of the weight of the punishment. For, yeah, and, 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 while it so was basically, in his house, there was a whole
3: lot of people there. Yeah, basically, what I'm referring to is the fact that so he initially got s- uh, suspended for eight weeks. Since then, he's been sacked by the St. George Dragons. And he's had his contract for the remainder of this year and for next year torn up. Uh, he's now signed for the Bulldogs on half the money that he was on at the Dragons. So he's going to get 400 grand a year instead of 800. So between the money he's lost out for the rest of this year and uh, the money he's losing ongoing in his contract. He's lost, I don't know, $600,000, 700000 $800,000. dollars punished. People are saying that because he's been sacked by the Dragons, he hasn't actually served those eight-game suspension, and that in addition to that, at the start of next year, he should be forced to sit out the first eight weeks of his Bulldogs contract. Now, I just think that's ridiculous. And look, the guy has suffered enough, and like I say, his biggest crime is being an idiot. He hasn't sexually assaulted someone... He hasn't physically assaulted someone, you know. He's just a bit of a tool, but I think he's been punished enough. and And uh, let's lay off, Paul I I agree with what you're saying. I'm, I'm I'm not
2: disagreeing with you. But technically, that argument holds water. The sacking was done on one terms, and the eight matches suspension from the NRL is eight match suspension from the NRL. No, no, but but, but, but if he
3: hadn't if he hadn't had the eight match suspension. To serve this season this mm. part of this season well the bulldogs could have signed him now and he could be playing for the bulldogs now but he can't play for the bulldogs now he can't play for anyone for the rest of the season okay
2: okay yeah, then then you're right you're absolutely right it does not hold water
1: What's up, everyone? It's your pal, John, back again for another shark attack. Uh, This week, I'm going to change things up a little bit because I've been instructed by the boss man, Blake, to not swear at all. Uh, Apparently, some some voices up in very high places are getting very upset at the profanity on the podcast, and I understand. So I'm going to bring it back a few notches and just talk about this week's game. The win over the Eagles was so exciting. It was great to see everyone on the field running around and just having a good time. The Raiders played so well. They did the thing, and then they passed the ball and scored the the thing. And uh, the points, they had two more points than the Eels, who were so also so good. There was adorable running around, and their little uniforms on, the yellow and the blue. It was so funny how at the, at the end of the game, Mikasivo tried to win, but then Jordan Pana ran over and totally wrecked his ass, threw him into touch. He should have stood over him and flexed like the beast that he is. Jordan Pana... Number one, fantastic. He just did such a good job. And I'm just oh, I'm just so excited for this week's game against the Knights. I think the Raiders, if they if they play as good as they did before, anything's possible. Because if you believe in yourself, anything can happen. Follow your dreams, kids. Follow your dreams. They do come true. Go you green things.
2: Yeah, get that into your boys and girls. You know, that's what we want to do. We want to rev up. We want to go hard. You know, we don't want to be sitting back there and think, oh, we're doing all right now. Everyone has to lift. Make no mistake, the lifting of Jordan Rapiner and Corey Hutter with Anida has been so much of what's been behind our resurgence this season. And when I say resurgence, I mean winning four matches out of the last five. But <laughs> we'll take it, won't we? We'll call that a resurgence, won't we? You know, I followed a few resurgences, so I should know. Um, but, you know, so... Everyone really does have to go in and hit it hard. It's not just enough to go in and say, yeah, I'm doing my job. I want you to do more than your job. I want you to go out there each week and compete amongst yourselves for who is going to get the $20 Blake and the Pork, Man of the Match, Lance B, What, se- what
4: segment are we
3: in now? Oh, is this Who's Got to Lift? Before we finish this bit, can I just do a bit of housekeeping? No. Just just a bit of general just information okay. to the various contributors of the show. Yep. This is supposed to be the family podcast. It is. And in recent weeks... There's been a lot of swearing going on. I, my family swears. <laughs> Why not Swearing's all the vogue? You know, Olympians swear. Everyone's everyone's swearing right now. We could lose our, um, our GB sponsorship from the greenhouse because mm. of the swearing. Did GE G8, G8, say, say that, did <laughs> <Nitty>. he? Sorry, GE. <G8. laughs> Was there any we, particular we could, swearing could, that offended you that I should we apologize could, we could, for? We could also might need to like, review some of our settings in various... Um, iTunes and Spotify, everything else, but to rebrand the show as explicit. So, moving forward, let's just try and cut of out. Wouldn't that be cool, though? Do have the explicit on there? I sort of think it'd be good. I mean, yeah. it's like when you used to pick up a video at the um at the uh at, at the Video Easy or Blockbuster or anything else, uh, the, the DVD, and look at you. You check and, oh, This one's got swearing, Nobodies. drug use. Fantastic. I mean, I mean, but you know.
2: You know, as I do a regular listener to uh, Polstack on uh, on um, behind the limelight, the official Raiders podcast, you know.
3: What I, you're saying that show needs swearing. I
2: would love it if, <laughs> if Benny slipped in a swear word every now and then. I think it would be fantastic. <laughs> Something to make it a bit more interesting. Just just a real surprise <laughs> swear word there, you know, like t- today's <laughs> su- surprise swear word brought to you by Tony Farugia Body Bodyworks. Yeah. And by the way, Tony Farugia Body Bodyworks, you are the two-time sponsor of the week because I didn't do any research on another one this week. But you know what? Tony Farisji has been there a long time. They deserve
3: it. There's a carpet cleaning one in there. Is there?
2: Yeah. All right. Well, I'll do two next week to make up for it, and I'm really, really sorry. Um, But uh,
4: who's got a lift?
2: Sammy Valame. He had a good game. Yeah, he did. But twice now, he got jacked in the Sharks game. With friendly fire, that's what got Jack's bloody ribs in the first instance. Yeah. And then he's come in and knocked Croker out of the thing and let Blake Ferguson through. If you're gonna go and get someone, Semi, and I don't I'm not against you going in and marking your terror you know, like really smashing into someone, hit their men, not ours, okay? Hit their men, not ours. Hit the person not in the same jumper as you're wearing. Okay, that, that's what we're really looking for here. So, it's not much of a lifty lift, but it really is, it's more it's more of a direction thing, you know. Make sure when you're trying to clobber an opposition player with a good hard tackle, which I endorse, as long as it's done legally
3: with arms, try and make sure it's their player, not ours, okay? And the only it... player in the game against um, the Eels that had more runs and made more metres than Semi it was Jordan Rappenet, yeah. yeah. No. Semi had 20 runs... Uh, he ran for two hundred and twenty six meters. He had ninety post contact meters, which is actually more post contact meters than um than Rappa. yeah look I, I I'm not arguing these things like badly. what I want to do is hit the right people because when I before he came in back into the side semi because he was injured for so long at the start of the year mm. and we had various other wing options one of the one of the big concerns was we had no one was actually taking those. Aside from Rapper, no one was making those. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm
2: not against all of that. All I'm saying is, stop hitting your own men. Friendly fire, no. Okay, that's what we're looking for. Well, no no one, no one
3: intends. It's not intentional.
2: But once can be seen as a misfortune. Twice is starting to look a bit careless. To quote Oscar Wilde, for all our Oscar Wilde and theatre, Thespian people out there, there's quite a
3: few. Um, But now we come to. Porkstradamus. Was that Porkstradamus or Blackstradamus?
2: No, have we done Blackstradamus? No, Blackstradamus is coming later. Oh, okay.
3: Oh, this was Porkstradamus. I'm predicting revenge. I'm predicting that
2: the Raiders are going to get over the top of uh, the Knights this weekend and really put to bed the the demons of that uh, second half at uh, McDonald's Park down in Wagga Wagga early this season. And basically get these that that four point match, win that, and continue this fantastic nineteen ninety
3: five Bulldogs esque well, run.
4: You did sort of this you did sort of say
3: quite a few weeks ago that we were about to go on a run. I and, did, and I did laugh at you at the time. I did mock you, and everyone you. mocked me. But you see, you're some asked for a transfer. Some of you didn't want to work here anymore, but. I've been right. And this and you is did, the thing. you did predict last week. Did you not predict a close, close controversial, controversial win?
2: <laughs> what I'm saying here is Blake Stradamus is on the money here. I no, don't know Paul, why the people... No, Pork Stradamus. Yeah, Pork Stradamus yeah. on the thing. I'm scared too, people. I don't understand why this is working. But what I do know is last night it came to me that the Raiders were going to wreak revenge against the Knights. Now, I don't have much more details about that, but I saw smiling Elliot Whitehead. I saw a very smiling Elliot Whitehead. I don't know what that means, but what I'm saying is... Pork Stradamus is that there will be revenge this weekend. And that that drag uh, that Bulldogs-esque 1995 run towards the, the trophy, towards the ultimate victory in 2021, is going to continue this weekend.
3: So there's my Pork Stradamus. Listener of the week, you've got one for us. We do. So Jamie Bradman, who uh, is behind the footy smiles. Oh, yes. Yes various social accounts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which are very good. They highlight very you know, good. Some, some of the some of the nice stuff um, that's done by NRL players. He does a really yeah. good job at this. He also is listeners of the Green Machine uh, podcast with name as J B, who's kind of does a lot of the work behind the scenes of that show as well. And um, when Souls is his way, he usually fills in as host and he does a very good job. He does a very good job. It's it. So you're making Bolition of the Week because
2: this is part of your personal feud with Solzi. No, no, no. Me and is this because what happened is this what, mates mates what happened up, up at Rabina with you and Danny Stewart? Is this is this because of that? You just still can't get over the, the fact I'd that he looks Sol- better at a pair of budgie smugglers than you. Well, it's not hard. The only
3: thing I would say about um That's what well, look she better, said. I look better than you. Um no yeah, one you know was contesting that. The only, the only thing I'd say to Solzy is Maybe don't take too many weeks off because it's you know it's the old the old thing you know you take time off someone else might fill in and they'll end up doing a better job than you.
2: You know Salsi does jiu-jitsu. and I reckon he's starting to get a good idea about where the secret
3: storeroom is. Okay, it's so not in Canberra. That's what it's not yet. Anyway, JB Jamie Bradman he jumped on the iTunes and he left us a review, so I'll just read it out. The boys may humbly discuss their place as the third most popular Raiders podcast, but they are easily in my top two. <laughs> Two passionate fans with a good insight into the club. The pork couldn't sound any more different to Tim Gore and the ABC, but I love his passion. Blake provides the perfect mix of loving the club but calling a spade a spade when required. Yeah, because I don't play it safe like you. No, you don't. I'm not a suckle. But going back to the Ricky doco, you're now
2: starting to see why I'm a, a Ricky zealot because when you're his mate, you're his mate and I'm not turning for love nor money on my mate. Are you still mates with him? Totally, and and I won't. But he's. Got, has he unblocked you? Has he unblocked I, your phone again? I, he, he's.
3: Jeez, <laughs> you just suck. I just just finish, for those those playing along at home out there, this guy is a complete tool. Just in case I'm, you were curious I'm gonna, about it, I'm going to finish reading this review. Uh, the shark has the most unique Raiders story out there, and I love a yank talking about rugby league. Good, to, it's glad someone does. Uh, Danny oh, Stewart has nailed the Stewart smokers tone and brings some good fun to the pod. One day Lord Funkington will get his Raiders by 56 Call right. <laughs> Look forward to every episode. Now, thanks. Thanks, JB. Good on
2: you, mate. That's good. And and I may add to, to what um, Blake was saying is the footy smile stuff is awesome because every now and then you, it's so easy when you see, oh, this person did something dumb and that one's done. You know, you see the Appy Coruscant news last week and you just think, oh, God, are they all a pack of jerks? And then the footy smiles comes up and shows you that, no, they're not. There are some bloody good blokes out there and, and, and good women involved with the clubs as well doing bloody good things every week, you know? And it's really nice that someone actually goes out of their way to actually highlight those things because it really is necessary because, some gee, sometimes it's hard, isn't it, supporting rugby league? Reasons to be cheerful, though.
0: Reasons to be cheerful.
2: Part three. One, two, three. three in a row. Smelly it. He resigned. He resigned. <laughs> Not resigned. resigned. He resigned for three more years in the front
3: row. While well, was, he was he was already signed for next year, but he's extended. Yeah, which is great. He's extended. Um, hopefully, hopefully, on you know a a sort of uh, Paul Gallen towards the back end of um, Cronulla type contract. Paul Gallen was one of their best players right to the end. I know, but he was as as his career went on. Yeah, the money started to get wound in a bit, and hopefully that's the case with with Elliot because I'm I'm wary of signing old players to long term deals I mean yeah, we've, yeah. we've Jerry Croker has still got three more years mm-hmm. of a chunk of the salary cap beyond this season why, why do you have to constantly rag on the captain
2: why do you have to do it why do you feel like that's necessary does it make you feel better does it make you feel like a bigger he's man? not our
3: captain does it make you feel like a bigger man yes he is <laughs> I'm only joking he's that's, absolutely that, our that, captain that was the, the Josh Hudson <laughs> reference <laughs> <laughs> who is the captain is Elliot Whitehead the captain
2: uh, I, at the moment, it's Jared Croker and Elliot Whitehead. Look, we know who the leaders on the field are, right? So captain is as captain does. We know that Jared Croker is the captain of the sea against the name. But you also know Josh Hodgson and Elliot Whitehead are both captains of that club, and Cia Soliola for that matter. And throwing Papa, these these are these are the team. What players. about Rapper? I'm throwing him in now too. I would never have done it. I would never have done it before the last couple of weeks at fullback, but I sure as hell do it now. Because what, what about what
3: about Curtis Scott is here, captain? Of something, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure Curtis uh, Scott. Apparently, the, the story goes. Now, I unfollowed. I made a decision to unfollow um, Curtis Scott on Instagram a few weeks ago, mm. uh, and then I heard during the week apparently he has now taken Camberrators Raiders uh, off his bio. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that that hopefully we've seen the last of Well I, mean, hopefully I don't think he's so... played
2: enough matches for us for that to, you know, be on his bio. But I did I tried to go Isn't look at his I tried to go look at his I tried to
3: go look at his Instagram to see to confirm that assertion that Canberra is not no longer appears there, but he's set his account to private now so I couldn't see it. So, so you were blocked is what you say. Well, no, and I'm not sending him i I'm not sending him a, a follow request. I've moved on from Curtis Scott. All right. I think the The, the pain the the pain
2: you have gone behind. It. The pain was too raw now you've moved on. Okay, I think we've I think we've got to move on from him. Okay, but you've got um, you got oh, and uh, other reasons to be cheerful. We digressed. Uh, Jack and Papa are back, uh, Elliot's back, and they're up in a performance. Um, so is Elliot on when they take the field on the weekend? Is Elliot the co-captain? I, I actually don't know. I I'd assume at the at the moment it would just be Jared Croker straight. Because when
3: Croker was out, and Hodjo stepped down. It was Elliot. Elliot. But I, I think. Look, no, I think, I, I think captain, captain is. is as captain does. And uh, no, I know. Well, it, it, what, what it comes down to, because it is actually, because, you know, for so long in rugby league, captain didn't really matter because what was it? Someone who took the coin cost. But now it yeah. does actually, with the bunker in play, it does actually matter who your captain is.
2: Yeah, no, as it's become apparent, anyone can do a captain's
3: challenge. <laughs> Not Rapper. <rubber>.
2: Not Rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's done it before, but uh, <laughs> it's time for Lextradamus.
3: Okay. A couple of weeks ago, I was thinking that we were going to have someone brought in before the August 1 transfer deadline, which is this Monday. Mm. But I'm now thinking it's not going to happen. Mm. It doesn't look like we're getting we're going to add anyone to the squad. I'd be very surprised in this yeah. circumstance if we would, which is kind of interesting because to add someone to the squad, especially as you can now add players on loan, but they can't play in the finals, to add someone to the squad um between now and the end of the year. It's not like they have to move to Canberra. No. They just basically have to change hotels. You know at the, the Australian coastal, 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 coastal lifestyle, <laughs> can't yeah, you? Yeah. The, co- the coastal experience. Yeah. Maybe we can fly someone out from the UK. Maybe we could. Kevin Wardstaff, Manly. How yeah. good would that be? Yeah, it would be. Because, yeah, we do have spots. We do have, I think it's two or three spots available in in the squad because, um, you know, George Williams has gone and They're both in the top 30. And... Uh, In addition to that as well, we also would have some money to play with because we let George Williams go early. Mm. There's a couple of months of good money there. But yeah, sadly, I don't think we're going to add anyone. But I would like to look back on at this moment as well some of the greatest ever June 30 late season transfers. Oh, yes. And do any stand out for you, particularly mine? I think in
2: 2016, I was in the, the tunnel after the, the, uh, a match for the Raiders and this huge hunk of a man was standing in front of me and said, you look familiar. What are you doing in the Raiders dressing room? And it was Junior Paulo, Probably the biggest one I've seen.
3: Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
2: junior Paulo coming to the Raiders in 2016 and knowing nothing about it until he was literally standing in front of me. And then someone said, oh, you signed for the Raiders? And I'm like, you what now?
3: That's probably the biggest June 31 I've seen. Well, there was, I guess um, it was slightly earlier again, but um B.J. was a pretty big one as well, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, that's right. He was a mid-season forgot He was right? from the Knights. He yeah. didn't have a lot of impact in 2015. No, but no, no. He was... At he the was, buffet, he did. Yeah, he was, he was pretty out of shape. <laughs> but he came good in 2016. Um Shandor Earl Earl's the one that really sticks in my mind. He came in late and ended up being part of that great you know, run to the finals. In 2012.
2: I remember asking, because um, we'd gone up to... done a Pan- Panthers-Raiders match, and it was the first in five and clear as coach... And Chandler Earl had a very good match for the Raiders. And I said, uh, how does it actually feel, you know, watching a player you've let go do so well on a match? And he said, no, nah, fine with it. Good luck to him. And I thought, ooh, something's gone on there. And didn't we find <laughs> out? <laughs> and didn't we find out? And and the most bizarre... Um, and that's exactly how clear he said it to me. No, nah, no problem at all. Good luck to him. Yeah. And he said it when he was saying, you know when someone says good luck to him and you know that's not what they're
3: saying? No, who knows No, 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 no He was not saying Who knows lunchroom. The most like, bizarre yeah, The most bizarre Mid-season transfer uh, I'm not sure what year it was But it was in that That, that sort of dark Late Furner period oh, yes. Remember when Adam Mogg Came back from oh, yes. <laughs> And played at seven Yeah Oh God, yes I do it wasn't good. No, it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't but good. at that
2: particular time, the, yeah, we didn't have much going for us there. But yeah. We'd take whatever we could get. Yeah, so coming up soon, we've got next Friday. It's meant to be a home match. I think we can safely say there's not going to be any more no, matches. No, they've
3: said. They've said. It's done. Yeah.
2: Canberra Raiders
3: are not coming back. Yeah, that's Number right.
2: 10th. So we've got the Dragons next week. Um, then followed
3: by the Storm. So the Dragons next week uh, is another four-pointer. If we beat the Knights this week and the Dragons next week, I reckon we're going to make the top eight. If we lose either or worst case scenario, both, both, yeah, we're gone. Yeah. We're done. Kiss it goodbye. We're done. Because but, you look at the, from miracle. You look at the teams, the other teams around us, we have one of the tougher runs. The toughest run of all is the Dragons, um, who I think are just in absolute free fall. Mm. They've imploded uh, hook at coach at the start of the year, Looked like he was a surprising success, which mm. none of us predicted. But um, yeah, I don't think he's up for it, and I don't think the team's up for it. I mean, Corey Norman's been selected at centre. That's, That's odd this, <laughs> this weekend. But anyway, their run is: they play, they play Souths, yeah. Then they play us, yeah. Then they play the Panthers, yeah. Then they play the Roosters, yeah. Then they play the Cowboys. They might win that one, but yep. who knows? And then they play Souths again. Mm-hmm. So of all the teams battling for the the two spots in the eight, they've got the toughest run. But let's let me throw you in something here that a lot of people haven't
2: looked at. Um, it's the run home of the Eels. Like the Eels right now look like they're entrenched in the top four after we beat them. But no, no they got, could. They've got the Roosters, then the Rabbitohs, then the Seagulls. Then they've got a bit of respite with uh, the Cowboys. Then the Storm. Then the Panthers running home. It would take a minor miracle for the Raiders to make it to the top four. And it would take winning all of their <laughs> remaining six matches, I believe, in order for doing... And Manly having a bit of a slip too. Is, I don't think
3: this is even mathematically No, it is. Possible. It is
2: mathematically possible. The Eagles have to lose matches they shouldn't. Paramount has to lose virtually everything they do. And we have to win everything. But
3: there is a way we can go into the top four. It's the just- Eagles are already on 28 points and we're on 18. And there are six games left. Yep. So the and most, most we could points finish points on is the 30. most we could finish on is 30. That's right. I think we'll make about we'll get in there. I think one, I think realistically Manly's not going to drop all their matches no. too. Okay. But so that, and that's the way it has Looking to be. at the other teams that are actually realistically on our level, the Knights run is Raiders, Broncos, Sharks, Bulldogs, Titans, Broncos. Mm. So they play the Broncos twice and the Bulldogs once. Yeah. They've got the easiest run. Sharks have got Sharks have just lost um Sean Sean Johnson. Johnson. Which is a big loss. With the recurring hamstrings. Which so. is a big loss, yeah. Between between he and um, and Matt Moylan, they're a bit short on halves. Hamstrings around yep. that joint. Uh Sharks got Manly, Warriors, Knights, Tigers,
2: Broncos, Storm. And that's what we'd say was an easy run, but I'd say the Sharks themselves are part of an easy run now.
3: Yeah. And then look look at the Titans run. Dogs, very winnable, obviously. Cowboys, yep. dogs won't win another game. They might. They won't win another game. Dogs, the spoon is theirs. Dogs, Cowboys, South, Storm, Knights, and Warriors. And Warriors won't win another game either. They might. They are in absolute free fall. But we do play the Warriors, don't we? Yeah we do. Last. So no second, last, sorry. So but we've got St. George this
2: the week after, but then and we play them the early match on the Friday. The next week we have the Storm. Now strangely we're gonna have an extra day turnaround over the top of them. And then on top of that the Storm will have played the Seagulls, which will probably be a willing match, whereas we'll play the Dragons. So if we're going to play the Storm at any stage, that might be a good point. Then we play the Seagulls. And, and they'll be very hungry for revenge. But again, we will have an extra day rest over the top of the Seagulls when we take them on. Yes, they will be hungry, but that will be an extremely tough match. Then we've got the and Warriors. And they'll have...
3: Presumably, Tom Trebovich.
2: Yes, and then we've got the Warriors, and then we finish off with the Sydney Roosters. Um, Roosters one will be an interesting one. Yeah, look, there's a couple there. the The Raiders
3: really have the to Roosters win four uh, of uh, these last six to make the finals. The Roosters are losing players at an alarming rate. They do, and for a while there, they managed to keep on like plugging the you know the hole they in did. the dam. Next man up. Uh, but it, it's their stocks are finally wearing thin. But have you seen? There's talk that a former Raider might be joining the Roosters before August 1? Do tell. Someone who's presumably... We might need two weeks to get into some sort of bubble. Duges. Josh Dugan to the Roosters. Buzz Rothfield's reporting. Must be true. (laughs)
2: Okay, so but my thing is, if we win four of our last six, we will make the finals. Yeah. And I think that's achievable. I think it's also possible to win five of our last six. But it all starts with this weekend, because otherwise it's all just stuff. But as I said... I think there's revenge in the air. Anyway, you have been listening to the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, Raiders of Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.